the Excelsior Podcast. So welcome back to the next episode of the Excelsior Podcast. Today we have with us someone special, Mr. Eric Sim. So Mr. Sim, could you please introduce yourself to the audience and you know, just to give a context as to how you reached where you have. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm Eric Sim. I used to be a banker for 20 over years, uh, working for UBS uh, Investment Bank as MD. And after that, I thought I'll try something uh, new, you know, uh, doing things that I like, having the freedom to do what I want and also the time. So I decided to become an author, a career coach, and also a speaker. So now I have a book, which is called uh, Small Action. And also I teach in several universities, including National University of Singapore and uh, NTU in Singapore as well. I've also been to India to speak for CFA. I've been to Bangalore as well as uh, New Delhi to speak on uh, how small action in our career can have big impact. That's great, Mr. Sim. That's actually really great. And, you know, actually, I did uh, read your book. I read it twice. I found it really insightful. And uh, you mentioned a variety of things that, you know, I would like to touch upon in this discussion. Sure. So, uh, uh, Mr. Sim, you mentioned that a person should not be a generalist or a specialist, but kind of in between, you know, like a blend of both. Hmm. So, how would you suggest one can strike the right balance between the, you know, instead of pigeonholing themselves, into one specific field. So how yeah. do you gauge the water, sir? If you could share your insights. Sure, Omkar. So the way I think about being generalist or specialist is if you are a generalist, you cannot command a premium because you can be easily replaced by somebody who's cheaper. If you are a specialist, there is a danger that you may be replaced when technology changes and also when we are hit by uh, the covid or another crisis. So I thought we should look at a combo specialist. If you look at the combo meal in McDonald's, it has a burger, fries, and Coke. So burger is your core specialization, and the fries is your secondary specialization. Coke is your interest. So all of us, we shouldn't narrow ourselves and pigeonhole ourselves to be a, a specialist only. So for me, my burger, when I first started to join the workforce, was engineering because that's what I study in National University of Singapore, mechanical engineering. I joined DBS Bank to be at FX Sales. So finance was my uh, secondary specialization. And then I was interested in programming. So now I have a combo. My burger is engineering. My fries is finance and cook is my computer programming. And with that combo, I did for about two over years. Then after that, I take finance and engineering and I did financial engineering in city. So that's how I got my job in city because I, I managed to combine and change some of my combination. So at city, my burger was financial engineering and then I learned how to sell. So my fries became sales. 
And then my quote at that time, uh, my interest is cultural awareness to be interested in various culture outside Singapore because Singapore is a small marketplace. My career wouldn't be big if I service only Singapore uh, as uh, the only country. So I try to go out to other parts of Asia. So for the listener out there, think of yourself as a combo specialist. Think about your burger, your fries, and your Coke. I really like the analogy you've used. So I'm like with the whole mm-hmm. McDonald's menu and, you know, <clears throat> with how a person should be, you know, yes. and like, you know, I wouldn't say a jack of all trades, but should go the extra mile to better themselves instead of just being locked into their uh, main job. So, like, you know, touching on the same note, uh, Mr. Sim, I would like to ask you, like, why do you think having a second career or a side hustle is important? I've seen you mention this, you know, uh, quite a lot in your book. So you have also elucidated, you know, that uh, people, uh, so they also elucidated that uh, first job should get priority and then the rest. Mm. And you also stated that, you know, uh, like, uh, having good relationships is something that's important. Now, I personally have worked multiple jobs and I struggle with time management. So are there any tips or practices you would recommend as to how you manage your time? Yes. Uh, Time, a lot of time we say, okay, we try to save time, but I really focus on uh, energy. So manage time on top of that, manage your energy. So we need to know when is our best um, time to do the most productive work. Say for me, the best time to do the most productive work is in the morning uh, after I wake up. So that, say I wake up at 5.30. So 5.30 to 7 is the time for myself, self-improvement. That's where I do my writing. So it's a me time. So I don't give that me time to other people. So the first thing I wake up, I don't check uh, social media except LinkedIn because that's part of my um, journaling. So I, I write on LinkedIn but I would not go and check uh, Facebook early in the morning because when you check somebody else's Facebook, you are giving time to the person. If you check your email very early, you're also giving time to the person. So what I, what I advise people to do is think about what action you can take today or this week that can have impact on your life or on somebody else's life one year down the road or two years down the road. So you can think about what are the, the important but not urgent things? Because a lot of time, we always go after the urgent but not important things. And things like exercise, uh, it's not urgent. If you don't go to exercise today, you know nothing's going to happen to you. But if you keep delaying that, right, then you get unfit, you get unhealthy, and then you're not productive. So number one is to uh, focus on energy. And when you got no time, you need to exercise more. A lot of people say, I got, I, I got no time to exercise. Uh, because you got no time to exercise, then you're not as productive. So exercising doesn't mean that you really need, you need to go and run a marathon. You can go for a walk. So sometimes what I do is I go for um, a walk on my own to think about things. So they say, now... I want to do this podcast with you. 
So the day before I would go for a walk, a 30-minute walk, and think about what I should uh, say in this podcast. Or if let's say, Omkai, you and me, we decided to have a talk. So instead of me having a talk uh, or a chat uh, in my office or at home, I can book the time. So I, and I know that that's the time that I can go for a walk. So I can go talk to you while I was walking at the beach. And we do not need to really do so strenuous exercise. Just bring movement into your daily life is already uh, good enough. And just now we talk about this second career. The way to start this second career is to incorporate your interests into your work. So a side hustle doesn't need to be outside of your day job. Say, for example, for me, I enjoy training and I know one day I want to be a speaker and a lecturer, but I didn't have the credential. So what I did when I was in banking, when I was with City, I give internal training to other departments about my, my product. Say, for example, I was working on derivative uh, structuring uh, and how to sell. I would give training to the credit department, to the back office department. So they learn my product. They, it will help me. It gives me credibility. But more importantly is also now I'm learning how to speak, how to structure my content and how to deliver it. And only after a few years of internal training did I have the confidence to go out you know, to the university to reach out to them to ask me, uh, sorry, to allow, to ask them to give me a chance to teach. So these are the, the ways. And then when you incorporate your interest into your work, you don't need, you don't need extra time because you, you are in the office and there'll be downtime, right? Uh, if you like to do, um, if you like to bake cakes, then you can bake on the weekends and then bring to office. If you like exercise, you can organize exercise event, you know, five to 10 people going for a short run. This also build your relationship at work and slowly it can evolve into a second uh, career. So having a side hustle doesn't really take up a lot of time because side hustle also give you the passion, energy. Say for example, um, when I was a young associate professor at Hong Kong University of Science and Technology, then I was working at UBS. So in the day we were rushing for deals and then sometimes we lose the deals i get very disappointed my boss would um you know would put the blame on me for losing the deal and it's a bad day but i know 6 30 i'm going to teach in the university for three hours by six o'clock you know i turn off my day work i switch on the lecturer mode and i feel happier i i teach the case study and the deals that i've done to the students and I went back for a good sleep and next day I'm prepared, I'm refreshed and I start again. So having a side hustle doesn't necessarily will use up uh, a lot of time. In fact, it can give you the energy and the motivation to continue your work. That's great to hear that. You know, great to hear that. So, so actually, uh, I would like to, you know... Uh, in the book also, sir, you mentioned that, you know, putting on the CEO hat is important. What prompted you to, you know, like, okay, maybe this is something which I should practice to better myself or, you know, 
to a better gauge as to how the situation is going like what prompted you to take that approach if yes. you don't mind me asking yeah so a lot of time i see the people around me they divide their their work um and their personal life too clearly say for example i know i am very weak in social skills and selling skills at that time i was working for standard chartered bank i was in risk management so how can i improve my selling skills communication skills so i found a course uh, based in, i was based in singapore and the course is in uh, malaysia so it's a five day course i need to travel there and stay in the uh, compound of, of this training school for five days i know standard chartered bank will not sponsor me for the course because it's not related to risk management it's a selling skill course so what i did was i took five days of leave and i pay for the course on my own because now i put on the ceo hat right this i'm the ceo of ericsson consulting company i'm standard is not my is not my employer so what i my mindset is i am a consultant offering my service to standard chartered bank so how can i be a better consultant i need to train myself i cannot expect my client to sponsor me so that's why I, i went so after i came back i became a better sales person and i can present my risk management work to the departments that i support and of course the the result didn't appear immediately but that training right help me to get a job at city a few years down the road so it is things like that that you can put on your ceo um hat and also i like to sit on my the chair that i i really like because we we have we spend 8 to 10 hours sometimes 12 hours in the office especially before covid so i bring my own chair to office so everywhere i go i use my own chair i will use my own stationery and sometimes right even the biggest company they give you very lousy pen so i don't use a company pen I'll, i'll buy on my own so all this is when you think of yourself as the ceo of a consulting company and you are offering your service to the company that you work for so i don't see this employer as employer i see them as my customer and there's also give and take sometimes your bosses will ask you to do things that is not within your job scope but it's give and take so that next time when there's a bigger or better opportunity the my boss will think will be the first one to think of me so this is putting in putting on the ceo uh mindset wow so that is like <clears throat> very well elaborated so and uh, mr sin you mentioned on uh, mentioned in a book like you know the power of linkedin and networking yeah. like from my circle alone i've seen the people who just start their careers they create an account and they just lay down then again they're active and they want you know they want to uh, get a new job or perhaps switch careers pivot to something else yeah so are there any specific methods or tips that you would recommend for people to fully utilize what linkedin has to offer Oh, LinkedIn changed my life. So I was able to 
pivot from investment banking to what, are, what I'm doing now, which is a portfolio career, multiple sources of income, but no boss, all because of LinkedIn. So I was able to publish my book. I was able to get coaching clients, speaking, speaking engagement. And also now I'm writing sponsored contents for big brands, especially for financial institutions. All because of LinkedIn. So people know me through LinkedIn and they say, hey, Eric, can you help our company to write this article? Eric, can you give us career coaching? So all of that is so um, valuable. So my, my advice for those who want to use LinkedIn to build their network, to build their brand, the first is to, 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 to start commenting on other people's posts. You know, so that's the easiest. So you can make it a point, one comment a day. You read something that resonates with you, instead of just liking it, leave a comment, then you can engage with the person who wrote about it. And also his or her followers will see your comment. So if your comment is insightful, you will begin to get uh, traction. So you don't even need to start writing original content uh, for a start. And you can also reach out to people. Once, like for example, uh, Omka, you reach out to me to do this podcast. We do not know each other, right? But here I am doing this podcast with you because I see you are sincere. You have a complete profile. And the way you invite me um, is uh, with respect. And you respect my time. I told you that, hey, I did it because you, you approached me last year. And now I say that I'll have time in six months time. And then, you know, we, we, we do this six months later. So this is how powerful LinkedIn can, can be. You can work with people, collaborate with people who you have never met, who is not in the same city uh, as you, but also may not be in the same industry. And that is the power. Because in normal networking, face-to-face -face networking, chances are you are in the same country, you have the same culture, you are in the same industry. And that means it is difficult for you to open up your network. Whereas on LinkedIn, it's global and you will be meeting people who is very different from you, but maybe share the same values. And that is really, really powerful. Well said, so well said. And thank you for being so kind. I uh, truly appreciate you coming on and, you know, this is really whatever you're elaborating on and, you know, <clears throat> just discussing in general with me, I really appreciate your time. Welcome. So you mentioned, uh, you mentioned that uh, starting out with just liking posts and, you know, commenting on them. Although, sir, like there have been people who, you know, they, uh, as in to establish a brand on social media, something which you have touched on in your book, one has to be good at content writing and, Although like they are, uh, people are not so aware as to what trends are going on, not just mm. on LinkedIn, but on Instagram and other platforms like Twitter as well. So mm. they struggle with content writing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, 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 it's, it's a very uh, ginormous of a task for them to just pen down a few lines. So, sir, when you first began posting on LinkedIn, how did you maneuver the waters? Oh, when I first posted in 2015, I was very nervous because I was already uh, MD at UBS. So, and I failed my English in school. 
So if I write, then people will know that my English is so weak. You know, until today, sometimes I still make some spelling error. Um, the, the key is to overcome that fear. You are afraid, but do it anyway. Okay. And to be honest, your first post, hardly people will read because no, nobody knows you. So just, just post first and it gets better after three posts. After three posts, um, you will feel it's easier. And for now, I don't, e I don't even care whether I make grammatical error. Um, I do my best. I post. Then I'll review it, you know, half a day later. If I spot some error, I'll go back to change. Some, some of my followers, they come and they tell me. And it is through posting, through the engagement, I know whether this post resonates with people or not. And it helps me uh, write better for my future posts. So that is one. My, my, my advice is to uh, focus on the three C. Uh, content, consistency, and community. So content, you, you can decide who your target audience is and what you want to write about. Say, for example, if you are a, a junior, you only have three to five years experience and you feel that you cannot write. It's not true because you can write for a university student. Or you are in a tech space, you can write for people who are not in the tech space. So content, um, if it's career-related, industry-related, decide on one. You could be talking about India, the India business culture to non-Indian. That is also one uh, content. So not necessarily you are, you are writing for your colleagues or your friends. You can be writing for people who are very different from you. So once you focus on that, number two is to be consistent. You need to go around the same topic. For me, I write about career. So for the last eight years, since 2015, I've been writing about career. So I didn't change. I didn't uh, start writing about food or fashion. It's always about career and across all, all platform. Uh, consistency on topic, consistency on posting. So I started with posting uh, once a week and now I post uh, twice a week. So that's good enough. You don't need to post every day. You don't need to post three times a week. There are people who are posting every day. Let them be. So if you are just starting out, try once a week, but you can just comment uh, once, once a day on other people's posts. Because if you comment on their posts, they are likely to engage with your posts also. And third is community. So when I was just starting out, I didn't have uh, too many followers. So I built my own community with students, with colleagues, with uh, ex-colleagues. And sometimes, right, after I write my post, I send it to them. So I send them a WhatsApp to say, hey, I written this post. It may be relevant. I send it only if I think it's relevant to that person. For example, if I write a post for students, then I do know a few students. I'll send it to them. And I will do offline events. So I will organize a gathering um, in the city that I operate, Singapore, Hong Kong, Beijing, sometimes in London. I'll organize event for 10 people. And these people come, we communicate. Then I get the ideas, what they like to know. Then they also know me more. So the next time I post, they are more likely to engage 
and give me feedback whether the post is good or not. So you need to build this community. Writing on LinkedIn is not, I write and leave it there. You know, uh, it is very difficult. So you need to put in the effort to send the link to people to get them to give you feedback. And hopefully, after a while, they engage with your post. Yeah. Wow, that's a very uh, different insight you're given, sir. Like, you know, sharing the post with people who you think it will resonate with. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely... Rely on that. I'll go to show that to your friends. Let's say, for example, I write, uh, Omkar, LinkedIn may not show the post to you, but then if I find that, hey, this post is something that you have been asking me about, then I'll say, hey, I write this post. I leave it to you to engage or not. I, I will not force you. I just send it to you. So if you, if you feel that it's good, you will naturally engage, right? And that's how I build the community. That's how I bring you into my community. And I will also introduce you to my other friends based on complementary interests and strength. For example, I got a friend who's going to India. So I say, Omkar, can you uh, brief him or her about the India business culture? So this is what we do offline in order to gain your followings and also gain traction online. Wow, that that's honestly, sir, really like you know, quite like <laughs> I'm at a loss of words. It's amazing because uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean you're like going the extra mile like that. This is like you know, seriously amazing. Like wow. Yeah, and and also right. Let's say I want to understand uh the India culture. I need to travel there. I need to try the food, uh, and not just in India. So even in Singapore, I'll. I'll go to Indian restaurant, I'll eat the butter chicken, I'll eat the dosa, you know, and I also want to know the difference between the Indian Singapore food and the South Indian food and the North Indian food. So next time when I go to India, I got things to say and I even uh, try the mangoes, the Indian mangoes, the Alfonso mango and so many different species of mango. They are really, really amazing. Unfortunately, now is not the season. I have to wait till uh, May of this year to to get my hands on India mangoes uh, again. Well, so like, uh, <laughs> I'll be happy to, you know, show you around whenever you come and, you know, I'll, I know a shop which sells, sells the best Alfonso mangoes. Oh. Buy. <laughs> so, I'm, I, I'm taking you on your offer. I'm coming. Yes, sir. Definitely. I'm looking forward to it. Yes. So, and... Uh, you are, since you mentioned, since you shared your strategy which you employed when you started out, now people are using third-party softwares for you know content ideas and you know to uh, generate a fully functioning and appealing caption. Chat yep. GPT, for example, it is like mm. it's trending now. Yeah. Like a few friends of mine, they're using that for uh, you know creating caption and content. Yeah. Do you think that AI will take over jobs one day? Okay, so I don't think AI will take over our jobs, but then we need to work with AI. Say, for example, now I want to write a LinkedIn post. And I did. Uh, a month ago, I asked ChatGTP, I say, write a LinkedIn post to talk about personal branding. And it gave me five points. When I posted there, a lot of my followers thought I wrote the article. It was that good. But one thing is missing. It doesn't have the personal story. So you read my book, right? There are 66 more action in the book. Can I ask, if I want to use AI to write this book, 
I can ask AI to say, give me 66 small action that have big impact. It can list down 66 small action, if not 30 to 40. It will give me a good draft. But for the book to really resonate with people, I need to add in my personal story. So AI wouldn't have that personal story. And without that personal story, everyone is the same. You will write about 66 more action. I will write about 66 more action. Then your, your book and my book is the same. So how can we differentiate uh, ourselves is to add your personal experience. And if AI cannot add that personal story, then that is not so valuable. So they cannot replace us because that content, right, that generated by AI, after a while, is of low value. So by today's standard, it's great, but you can see after one year, that is everywhere. So something is good, not necessarily has a lot of value. Say, for example, um, beans, right? In Indian cuisine, there are a lot of beans. And sometimes we, in Chinese cuisine, we use bean to make bean curd. Is it nutritious? Yes, a lot of protein. But because it's easily available, it's selling cheap. So whereas certain type of food, the caviar, the truffles, we don't need them. Right, we won't die without eating them. I personally don't eat them, but if they are selling so expensive because they are uh, rare. And if you can add your personal story, you make that content uh, less in supply. That means people want to read that. So what we want to do is to be able to work with AI, use it to form the draft, and then we add in our own personal take. That's how uh, we can keep our job. That's a very different insight. Like I said, I like the fact that you, I, I know you mentioned in a book that you're a foodie <laughs> and that, you know, you are, uh, you're amalgamating the, uh, like the way you're answering, you are amalgamating the whole uh, foodie aspect of yours so that people will find it a bit more relatable and easy to understand. That's a very nice thing which you're, you're doing. So like, I hope you don't mind me. Like even as a foodie myself, I myself may just pick it up. <laughs> yeah um so when we relay um we need to give visual images to the listener out there because as a podcast right they cannot see our face right? we cannot show our powerpoint slide but if i can mention things like beans you know and in, in or um in indian cuisine there are a lot of beans or uh, uh, vegetables so this is what i like to like to use you know, from the food, <laughs> from the combo uh, meal to, to food. Yeah. And I think this will help you uh, get your message across. And even one week later, after listening to this podcast, they can still remember what you and I say. 100%. Yes. So, so before we like, you know, go towards the closing of this whole discussion. Uh, I covered everything where I actually... Uh, myself have some, to be honest, insecurities and uh, to post in LinkedIn, but I will definitely take what you have mentioned and try to implement in my own life uh, moving uh, forward. And I'm, I did also message Umka that I'm learning a lot through you in this podcast itself. 
Thank you so much. For sure. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Mr. Sim, approaching like towards the closing segment, what advice would you give to someone who's just starting out their career? Okay. So number one is to acquire one skill that is not related to your major. You can be studying engineering, right? Then a lot of times we focus on what engineering skill can we acquire, you know, maybe a few more programming languages. Don't do that. Acquire a skill that is not related. Say, for example, you can do video editing. You can do a podcast. This will help you stand out. So when you go for interview, I'm an engineer, but I can do podcast. You can do podcast means you can talk to people. If you can do video editing, means you are creative. And that will complement you and you will be a different type of engineer. You don't need to be a superb video editor. You just need to be among all the engineers, the best video editor. So just a little bit better than the rest. You can already shine. That's number one. Um, acquiring a skill that's not related to your work help attract people to you. You can go for an MBA, right? But if you don't go to the top school, you're wasting your money and time. But then if you know how to do copywriting, you can write LinkedIn article, you can take a photo. Then people want to come to you, hey, the photo that you take, it was so nice. The video that you shoot was so nice and people remember you. And then they come to you, they get to know you. Then after that, if there is a nice engineering job or a job that you want to look for, they may, they may think of you. Let's say, for example, Omkar, um, now that we've done this podcast, let's say one day you want to come over to Singapore, I will show you around. And maybe I will introduce you to some of my banking friends. And one day you say, hey, you decide to go to, you want to do banking job. Then you already have that connection, right? So this is the power, a skill that can help attract people to you. And this skill shouldn't take two, three years to learn. It should take two, three months to learn. And it's a skill that can be useful to many people. It could be making a poster, right? So that is the first advice. Second advice is, Think big, start small, act now. I know the world is very scary out there, but that shouldn't stop you from thinking big. You want to travel the world, you want to do big jobs, go for it. Start small, you know, divide your this big dream into small steps and think of what is the first step that you can do. If you want to come to Singapore to work, the first step is maybe to read about Singapore or try a Singapore food or just come here for a three-day holiday, or just connect with uh, Singapore-based professionals on LinkedIn and act now. Because once you act today, tomorrow is easier. Once you write one article today, next week is easier to write your second article and the third week will be even easier. 100%, sir. I actually really liked the, you know, think big, start small, act now. It really resonated with me. Oh, Thank so Sagnik here has a question. Yes, Sagnik, please ask Mr. Sim. Yeah, uh, sir, like when you started this podcast, you said that, you know, after 20 years, you uh, realized that uh, uh, you want to have a career shift. You want to try something different. Yes. Which made you to write books. How, what, my question is, how did you realize, okay, I want to make the career shift. What was within you after 20 years? You're like, nope. I want to try something different. 
Yeah. So I was thinking about life and I say that, okay, if I continue in banking, I'm going to make a little bit more money, but life is going to, the, is going to be the same. I'm going to attend my Monday morning meeting, which I hate, you know, 7.45, I need to present to the whole department. I need to deal with toxic colleagues, okay? It's not, I mean, we, we, let's be honest, you know, we cannot expect all the people to like us and we cannot expect us to like everyone. So you work in a big company, naturally you need to deal with uh, uh, nasty people, toxic people. So then I think I also don't buy a lot of things. You know, um, I'm happy with the small car that I have, the, the small uh, accommodation that I'm staying now. So what else do I want? Creating impact. So I say that how about me living a life that money is uh, not the number one priority. It's still one of the priorities, but not number one. How about making, creating impact, help people around me. That's one doing the things that I like to do, coming to this podcast, you know, which I really enjoy uh, now, there's no money to, to be made. But to think that this podcast can help other people, it makes me uh, happy and fulfilled. And I think the money will still come at the later stage, may not be as much as when I was in banking, but good enough. So this was my, my thinking. And when I was in banking, I begin to teach, I begin to coach. Then I thought I'm ready because I was able to make money, some amount of money without relying on my uh, bank because you know I just have to rely on my own personal brand and my personal credential. And I test it out and it worked. So far, I'm quite fortunate to have the support of many of my ex-colleagues and also the support of LinkedIn. Thank you for elaborating. Oh, sorry, Sagan, please go ahead, please go ahead. No, no, uh, uh, thank you for that, because I think, uh, actually, like, the reason I asked is, the, what, what I've been told, I think the older I'm getting, or the older I see people getting, taking a risk gets harder, because you might have more responsibility. So I really appreciate that in 20 years, you're like, nope, this is not my cup of tea. Let me try something else. Yeah. I mean, there is also, of course, a, a risk also depending on your um, financial. So I paid down all my properties loan. Uh, my car is fully paid. So, so that helps. Yeah. So the I would say the first half of my career is to make enough money and I spend way below my means because buying that watch, right, that may cost you another 20,000 US means you cannot do what you like uh, as early as you want. Yeah. The 20,000 that you spend when you are at 20, 25 years old, uh, if you put that to good use to investment or upgrading yourself, maybe you can do what you like at 45 instead of waiting until you are 55. Yeah. Wow, that was like quite insightful. So uh, Mr. Sim, my final question to you is, how can people connect with you and where? Yeah, so um, the, for the listener out there, please feel free to uh, follow me on, on LinkedIn. Um, I 
cannot accept new connection anymore because you no know, linking kept my level one connection at 30,000. And so that is already uh, full, but you can still uh, follow me because followers uh, is unlimited. That's one. Of course, if you want to do uh, follow me on Instagram, uh, I'm also there, just that I post much less. And I will have events. I will have a, a LinkedIn Live uh, from time to time. Uh, so if you come to my LinkedIn, you will be able to, to see that. And hopefully, I get to see your engagement on my post. Yeah. You can also drop me uh, a LinkedIn message on email, eric.sim at iol.life yeah iol stands for institute of life so eric.sim at iol.life drop me a message to say that you heard me on this podcast and i'll reply to you thank you so much for all of this mr sam i really do appreciate you making time for this and i really yeah. enjoyed doing this uh, podcast you have done your homework well so thank you and um i'm looking forward to the engagement uh, from you and your listener thank you sir truly appreciate your time mm. so for all the audience out there make sure you all do reach out to mr sim and do read his book it has really changed my views on a lot of things so the book is titled small actions you can find it on sir can you please like you know where, where can you find a book sir? you can find it on Amazon Kindle you can find it in a local bookshop what other place can we look out for sir? yeah um, Amazon is the best place I think in the major bookstore because it's uh, public it was, it was distributed uh, by an Indian uh, publisher yes right. it's called small action leading your career to big success and all the best There you have it, folks. You all heard it from the man himself. So once again, sir, thank you so much for attending. I look forward to having you on again. And have a nice day, sir. Thank you. Yeah, I'll see you in Mumbai. Likewise, sir. Likewise. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs>